Hi, and welcome to Health, Wealth and the Pursuit of Happiness, a podcast that will empower you to live a more inspired life and find real freedom. Each episode, Mark Dale Mazer and Aries Jimenez discuss best life practices, covering topics ranging from health and well-being, to true wealth and our relationship to money, to understanding what real freedom and happiness really is. They provide tools and a system for helping you live a balanced, authentic life in complete harmony with your mind, body and soul. Greetings and salutations to all our listeners out there in podcast land. We are uh, the two co-hosts of a podcast called Health, Wealth, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Mark Dale Mazer here. And Aries Jimenez. There. And welcome to season one, episode one, which is the overview of an intentionally lived life. But let's back it up for a moment, because in season one, we're talking about the art of planning, living life intentionally. Interesting phrase, living life intentionally. What does that mean, Mark? I know. What does that mean? Well, Well, we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, we'll explore that. Let's explore it. An intentionally live life is a concept that I think is important because it means we're not just going about life, but we're going about life with a specific mission or purpose, vision, focus, or intention. We're using the word intention. And in this podcast, when we do planning, we are wanting to do a plan around a client's intention on how they want to live. Right. Would you say that planning and intention kind of are somewhat related or they go hand in hand? I think they do. So can can you plan and not be intentional? You can do a part of a plan and not be intentional. Okay. For example, let's give our listeners a little context here. For those of you that don't know, Aries and I are in the financial planning business. We're in the financial services industry, but what's different about us and is different about this podcast is we're not going to talk really too much about the money part of planning, but a client can come in our door and theoretically not have a whole lot of intention in the way they're living and we could do a financial plan for them. That's right. And in that sense, it works. Well, they obviously have an intention or they're trying to be intentional with their Finances with yes, their money, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. But that's just that's just one slice of a person's life. Correct. They might have a very simple goal like retirement, and have a somewhat of a picture of what that might look like. But I think we're going to take that concept to a whole nother level in what we do on the life planning side. And so that's what really this conversation is about. It's going much deeper with clients and with people. People. We're in the people business. We are in the people business. And one of our central reasons for being as an organization is to do what with people? It's to help affect positive change in people's lives to lead them to greater freedom and happiness. Indeed. That's our mission. That is our mission. So because that's our central purpose for being, when we come to the table with people, we want to do everything we can to move the needle in freedom and happiness. And I think we all agree that if you have a strong intention to do something that's really at your heart's core or have a very strong intention to be something that your inner being is calling you to be, if you follow your heart, to sort of use simple language, you should theoretically be moving the needle in freedom and happiness. I would agree. Okay. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for too. Not just for the people that we work with, but for myself. Yes. For you as well. Thank you. And since both of us have been life planned, we kind of know what that means in the context of this type of work. So for our greater, broader listening audience that may not necessarily be working with us directly, we want to help affect you as well in freedom and happiness. And that's the whole idea of the podcast. Let's bring some ideas to the table that we know 
work and that are working for both of us individually and those that we've worked with. And that's what this is all about. And this first season is how we creatively plan. And to start things off, it's this intentional living concept. So in this podcast, we're going to cover what do we mean by living intentionally? And I think that means a lot of different things for different people, understandably. Why should we live a life that is centered on a particular intent? What does an intentionally lived life look like? And how can we help you with that? Mm-hmm. Make sense? Makes sense. All right. So as Aries and I were talking about this uh, podcast, we thought the way we should probably start is how we both have taken a big step forward in intentionally living our lives. Yeah, absolutely. So let's begin. So with that, Mark, let's let's talk about your story a little bit and some of the things that we obviously have a lot of conversations about the way you're living and you know what's going on since we work together. But you've shared a number of different things with me, which to me shows that you're living an intentional life. I am now. Yes. Certain things that you're doing on a regular basis. And so if you don't mind sharing with our audience, kind of what are some of the things that you're doing right now? Be happy to do that. Can I back up the wagon a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Wherever you want to start. All right. Here's where I like to start. Because I think what's important is how I came into the world and how I developed as a child, worked through my teens and into my young adulthood when I went into the working world. Because the fact of the matter is, once we're born, the clock is ticking and we're going to have X number of years on this planet to do our thing, whatever that is. And the thing that's important about an intentionally lived life is that you are doing it with a certain resolve, that you're living for a certain reason. It might be to do something. It might be to experience something. Most of the people that have walked this planet that have really accomplished great things seem to have come into this life or at some point developed in their life a very strong intent to do something. Right. And so my path was not quite like that. My path was simply, I came into the world very curious and I became extremely aware of a lot of injustices in the world at a very young age, Uh, particularly prejudice, racial prejudice. The community we lived in was fairly diverse. We had, at least from a religious standpoint, Catholics, Protestants, and Jews primarily. It was mostly Caucasian. We had Hispanic and a little bit of African-American, but not too much there. Bigger blocks of those ethnicities were both sort of north of us and a little bit east of us. And anyways, growing up Jewish with a fair amount of Catholics and Protestants, there was some level of anti-Semitism in the community. Not experienced necessarily by adults as a child, but I experienced it by my peers. Grammar school is a Catholic school and all this kind of stuff. So I was just very aware of how people didn't like people because of something they believed in, which is very troubling to me, and I didn't understand how that could be. But outside of that, I just sort of went through life. I mean, I think I had a pretty normal childhood. Like any kid, my parents divorced when I was 13, and that made for a very difficult four years in high school. But when I came out of high school, I literally had no idea who I was, and I had no idea what to do. And I know that there are a lot of people in the population base that certainly go through that. And so I simply took my skills that I knew I had, which was I had artistic and design skills, and you know I got a degree in design and went out to really just make a living. It was all about just making enough money to live. But where I was very intentional was I wanted to find someone to marry, and I wanted to do that sooner than later. So rather than kind of going through the normal dating scheme of several years, I remember coming out and saying, yeah, I was I was like on the hunt for who my lifetime mate would be from the get-go. In fact, my girlfriend initially in high school, I figured I would marry. And we dated my senior year and freshman year in college. 
but that didn't pan out. And so as soon as we broke up, I mean, I was back kind of in the hunt. And fortunately, within a year or so, I found my now wife of 42 years. Found your soulmate. Found my soulmate. But that, I must tell you, was the only thing that I was living intentionally for in this particular context. Because you knew what you wanted. I knew what I wanted in that regard. What I didn't know is who I was and what I really wanted to do in the world. And so I really just floated through leveraging my skills and along the way just learned some things about myself. I knew I loved working with people. I liked being creative. And I loved giving advice, which I did when I was in the insurance business. And so my career path, I bounced around. I did many, many different things until as I hit my early 40s, I got really restless. And then I knew I wasn't really on track for something that I really, I knew that I was missing something. That was the key. Early 40s, knew I was missing something, but no idea what it was. And so I went about various activities trying to find what that sort of itch and that mystery was. And it didn't really begin emerging until my mid-50s. And as I was going through my mid-50s, and I was working for a great RA firm in Chicago, which was a longtime client of mine, and during that experience, I got back on the client side for a small segment of my time or a small slice of my time, and I discovered something about myself and about our business, which was when we talk about money with clients, it opens up the door to virtually anything and everything in their life. And when I was sitting on the advisor side of the table with a client and my team at, at my last firm, I was fascinated with the possibilities there. And that was the first glimpse I had into something that maybe I might be called to do. And the thing that I was always focused on with clients, they'd be talking about the retirement or they'd be talking about particular travel that they wanted to do. I want to know, who are you? Why are you here? What's your story? What is your story? What's the essence of who you are? And are you doing what you came here to do? Now, not everybody comes to the table even thinking about that question. Some people go through their entire life never asking that question. But I was always curious about that kind of stuff. And I felt that I did have something to do here, but didn't know what it was. But through the ensuing couple of years that I was working with this firm and had more and more exposure to clients in this regard, I started seeing some great possibilities for me. And then a friend of mine suggested that I look into a company called the Kinder Institute. It's a higher institution of learning in our industry that helps advisors actually bring life planning to their clients. And I had no idea exactly what that was, but I was intrigued and I ended up actually sitting in on a couple of webinars and ended up signing up for the program. Felt very intuitively led. And so that was my second most significant action and intent. The intent was really, I had this idea that I wanted to do more than what I was doing. So you're saying this is the second one outside of you wanting to get married? Yes. Yeah, wow. It was the second okay. episode of my entire life where I felt like I was really living and going forward every day with a mission to do what's intended for me, which is how my definition for that word was working. And every step I took forward with the Kinder Institute was actually a confirmation that this was the work I was to do. And so I began embarking on their registered life planning certification and went through the seven stages of money maturity as, as step one in their educational path. Step two was a five-day really intensive workshop in which we all go actually through the first three steps of the kinder process in life planning. And that was transformative. I came out of that experience knowing this is my work. Now the question is, what shape is that going to take? And what's my role in that shape? I thought, am I just going to be sort of a doer, a worker bee on behalf of people? And I soon discovered that I think it's even more than that. And after I've recently read, and I'm still reading a great book by Ray Dalio on 
sort of his principles in both life and work that that he's now put in book form. He talks about people being shapers, and that can be anybody can be a shaper. But what really came up for me was really being a shaper of people's lives and trying to put out this model out there of how to live for other people to live like that, which is this super focused path in life that is all about discovering who you are and going about expressing what that should be and living it every day. And so that's what this intention means has meant for me. And I'd like to think that every person that may, I may have an opportunity to converse with about their life and about helping them in some way, either through this firm or in any other way. I look forward to our conversation possibly going into that direction for them. And what were they intended to be here for? And while it's still like all of life, very much a learning game as to how we discover that, and there's no question there are multiple paths to that answer, that's what it's meant for me. And that's how it's sort of unfolded for me. And to the end, it brought me to this firm. And as you know, you were my first contact to get to this firm. And both of us were on one of George's webinars. And so here we are. And this podcast is really just one manifestation of where you and I both want to be in our respective life plans and the work we want to do in the world and the community. And it's very exciting. It is a phenomenal way to live. I have a level of really deep contentment and enthusiasm and energy like I have not had in a long time. So I'm very excited about that. And that, of course, is something we want for everybody. Absolutely. So how about you? How would you, how would you define living an intentional life for yourself and what has that meant for you? For myself, I, I completely agree with you that living an intentional life really is about self-discovery. And I think as human beings, as spiritual beings, as we go through life, you know, we, we evolve, we change, we grow. And I think at every stage of your life, from my life, there's always been a different intent, like you mentioned. Because I, I was, I would say I'm very similar to you in the sense that very early on, I would say in middle school and high school, like one of the things that was definitely important to me as well was finding the love of my life, right? Somebody that I could spend the rest of my life with, right? So, I mean, at that point, I was thinking about marriage already, right? Being in a long-term relationship. And so, as well as, you know, one of the things that I, I think about right now for me being a father of three boys is just being intentional about being a, a father. So I think about the roles, the different roles that that I have as a as a person, as a man, right? One being a husband, next one being a you know, a dad or a father to my boys. And how do I be intentional about those two specific roles? because I have a responsibility to my wife and my three boys. And so I think about that. And so a lot of the things that that I try to do, an example of being intentional is on our birthdays, I take the day off, right? I carve out that time to be able to connect with my family. I take my birthday off as well, right? So I know that's something that's that's small, but it's just a matter of saying, hey, you know what? This thing is important to me. I find value in this and I'm going to make a decision not to work on my birthday, on my wife's birthday, on my kids' birthdays. So that would be a small example of, I would say, living an intentional life is knowing what you want, what matters to you, what's important to you, and just taking action on it. So those are some of the things that that I've thought about. Very cool. Have you taken off my birthday yet? Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Yeah, what's really cool about this is that it's so, it's powerful for everybody, but it's so different for everybody in terms of how that manifests. But the intention is really, 
It's a, it's a great word. And we've done a little bit of research on the word intention. I want to share just a couple definitions out there that I think are worth sharing. So Webster defines it as a determination to act in a certain way. Resolve is another word that comes up in their definition. Wayne Dyer calls it, it's a force that exists in the universe. And as a little side note, his book, Power of Intention, titled as such, had a major impact on me in terms of propelling me forward with this whole idea. And there was another really interesting experience that I had during this period in my 50s when I was moving towards something much more meaningful and along the lines of what I was maybe called to do. And I had listened to Wayne Dyer in my car, audio version of his book, in the car probably no less than probably 20 or 25 times easily. And sort of at the very end of that last listening, I was on my way back from the office and I was pulling into my driveway. Uh, This was when I was working for the firm in Chicago. And I was a couple days short of a birthday. And as I'm approaching the driveway, I, I'm, I'm sitting there, turning left, waiting for the traffic to clear. And as I turn in, just from out of nowhere, I mean, I hadn't been thinking about anything in particular. And it's not like I was ruminating on, ah, I'm approaching this birthday. You know, let me set a strong intention or anything like that. Never even crossed my mind. I was just simply turning into the driveway and it was a couple days before my birthday. I wasn't even thinking about my birthday. Out of the clear blue sky, I felt this thing well up from within me in which I said, next year, at this time, I'm going to be a different person. And it was a unique experience. I don't ever remember having anything quite like this where it didn't emanate from my head. It just like emanated somewhere deep within me. And then the instant I said it, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to happen, and I didn't even know what different meant. But it was really cool in that I put a stake in the ground from somewhere within me to just say, I'm starting the clock now, and it's ticking. And in one year, there's going to be major change. And again, did no, had no idea what that was going to look like, but the wheels seem to have been in motion. Because from that point forward, in that next year, I was in a whole different mindset. I was a whole different space in, in, in my universe. <laughs> my perspective had shifted, and I felt for the first time that I was actually on track for something. When, when you mentioned that your perspective had shifted, I mean, what did that look like? Spend on that, please. Well, I think what I, my, my perspective was this primary above everything else is I could tell that the way I was viewing my life was no longer like it was before that now I'm being called to do something and regardless of the things that I am fearful or scared about doing as part of that that my need to be there and to perform or to express or whatever that might be to manifest what I'm to do that whatever inhibitions I might have that would prevent me from doing it, what was greater was doing it. Right. And so my whole perspective on life from that standpoint changed and was super, super mission-driven. And I wasn't even quite sure what the mission was going to be, but I could tell that I had a resolve and a knowing, a resolve and a knowing that it would be that way. And I didn't necessarily take that perspective about my life every day. How did that translate into action like during during that period in your life? Well, there are a couple major occurrences. One, one was my timing to resign from the firm that I was working with at the time. That did play a part in it as well. And then all the ensuing actions when I first looked at the Kinder Institute, and I didn't even hesitate 
to sign up for the first opportunity I could to start the program. I had no money for the program whatsoever. It's a, it's not cheap, you know. It's north of ten grand, and that's just for the educational component, not including travel or all the other stuff that goes with it. But there was no issue in my mind, and I was going to charge it if I had to charge on a credit card and pay it off over time because this is what I just needed to do. And I didn't even know if it was going to lead to me being back in this business because when I resigned from uh, my firm in Chicago, I had nowhere to go. I was just leaving in order to do this, whatever this meant. So that was an action step, very big in that regard. And when I carried the program all the way through to completion and certification, doors were just opening for me. I mean, this door opened for me and I could see coming here that I could begin practicing the very thing that I feel called to do. And I didn't think I could get that anywhere else. <laughs> and so it's been, you know, a real blessing. I'm immensely grateful to you for opening the door and for our colleagues here who opened their arms and particularly uh, Corey. So very cool stuff, and that's how I'd answer the question. But kind of circling back to the definition, Carlos Castaneda, 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 I believe it's pronounced, says in the universe there is immeasurable, indescribable force, which shamans call intent. Absolutely everything that exists in the entire cosmos is attached to intent by connecting a link. And for those of you that have not read Wayne's book, Wayne Dyer's book, Power of Intention, I would really strongly encourage that as a read. Because he puts intention out there as like this force field in the universe. And when you can connect yours with it and like attracting like, it just sets these things in motion. It's like gravity. You drop the apple, it will fall to the ground. If you, it's the cause and effect. Um, you tap into that sort of river of intent as a force in the universe and it just has to really manifest um, that's how, that was my interpretation of it and that's what it felt like for me you, you mentioned when you were driving into your um, and pulling up into your driveway and you felt that yeah maybe it called desire maybe just out of nowhere after that feeling was it a thought and then you spoke that thought out loud to hear yourself because I think about intent, like, is that something, if we intend to do something, is that, does it still have the same effect if we intend to do something, but we keep it to ourselves? Yeah. Because yeah. how do you put it out there? Yeah, no, to, that's a great question. To the universe, right? right? That's a great question. So in my, in my case, I, I don't know if I'm bringing like superstition to the table here with this, and I, but I have heard other gurus out there in sort of the life space, if you will, in things regarding purpose and of things of spirit and of things of, of you know inner being and things of the like, that there is a certain power to intending something that does not necessarily need to or should be publicly expressed initially. So for me, this is sort of, if I were to kind of like draw up a play-by-play -play of what the experience was like, I had the feeling and it felt like the feeling turned into thought. And the thought turned into like a declaration. And the declaration energized me all the more. And with the declaration and the thought came the belief. It was all wrapped up at one. Because I said in an instant, I knew it was going to happen. And that was another really unique experience for me. But at the point that that happened, I didn't tell a soul. I did not talk to anybody about that. I may not have even had a conversation with Catherine until maybe weeks or a week or maybe a month or so after it. And I was only describing it as an experience and how intense it was. So, and of course, I was living in Chicago at the time when this occurred and she was in California. So I just let it, you know what, truthfully, my I was not led to just broadcast it to the world. I was led to just be with it and let it just light my way. And and almost like not expel the energy, but sort of keep the energy. 
inside and not let it out to kind of drive me from the inside. It just felt it needed to be that way for me in this particular instance. But, you know, we ask, we, we talk to clients about this. How would you answer the question, why, why lead an intentional life? Any thoughts on that? I mean, for me personally, it's this life that we've been blessed with, right? I mean, we don't get any do-overs. So it's like we have this opportunity to to live this life. And for me, it's a matter of like, what do I do with it, right? Back, back to what you were saying is, uh, I think it ties back to purpose too. Like, I think this is part of living an intentional life for myself is like figuring out what my purpose is, right? Like we come into this world and I think without, I think most people, if they really thought about it, this would naturally, or this would be a question that they probably would want answered is like, why am I here? Yes. Right? Like what is, what is my purpose? And I think that's one of the things when you brought up as it relates to this whole event happening to you, but that in your forties that something was kind of missing, yeah. and you just w- was you weren't sure what it was, and I think I believe that it's purpose, mm-hmm. right? Like you're still trying to f- figure out what your purpose was, and most people, some people, they figure it out and they know it right away. And others, it it takes a little bit longer because we're all on a different journey, right? We are. And so that's one of the things that I think about is figuring out what my what my purpose is because I want to make sure that I do what I was intended to do here, that I am who I was intended to be here on earth. And so that, I mean, that's because otherwise, I, I mean, I think about it, I wouldn't want to waste waste my life. And so, you know, doing some of the research as it relates to this podcast I came across, and most people know the the uh, the statement by Socrates: "It's the life that's unexamined is in a life worth living." And I think that's one of the things that I I truly think about is I question, and I'm curious too. You know, you brought brought up curiosity. I mean, I think that's one of the things that definitely drives me too is just to have a better understanding of the world of myself. You know, I think that's why you know a big thing is you know, this whole journey of self-discovery, right, is I want to examine the things that I'm doing and how I'm living to find answers for myself. You know, I, I think that goes for all of us, right? And so what I want to do is I want to be living out a life that is that is aligned with my values, that is align, aligned with the, the vision that I have. And, and the vision that I have is not just what I have in my in my mind, but I think there's just something innate in all of us that just comes from the heart. Like you just kind of know that living a certain way or doing a certain thing just holds to be true. And I think that was the case for you, right? And so I think that's why it's important for me to live an intentional life is back to just understanding and knowing myself yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. And so when we talk about how we help people live like this, well, we got to live like this. That's the number one way that we help people is Absolutely. be the intentional livers that we want others to be. And so one of our hopes with this particular podcast in this episode is that in sharing each of our stories a little bit, that that will be a piece of the model for our listeners to understand what might be possible for them. At some level, I think we all go through very, very similar experiences on our path. And it is, I think, a great help when you hear someone say something that really resonates with you about something they're going through or that they've gone through or that they've struggled with or that they've questioned and, and found a similar answer or whatever the case may be. Um, because living an intentional life is very energizing it's full of drive it's very focused you're crystal clear you have a great amount of clarity 
And you don't worry about outside circumstances. I mean, that's the other thing with this. Talk about how my perspective changes, okay? I don't worry about stuff the way I used to worry about stuff. Even the fact that I feel like I'm not doing enough of the work that I want to do, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> um, I'm just waiting for the opportunity and know the unfolding will come where I'll be able to devote more and more and more time. This podcast is an outgrowth of that. Okay, we're, we're doing, I'm doing, I'm doing it one way, now I'm doing it two ways. I'm doing it one-on-one -on -one with clients, now I'm doing it in a podcast. So it's just another example of when one sets down a path of intention, it could lead to some great things. It will lead to some great things, there's no question about it. What else on intention would you like to share? Well, Mark, I had a couple questions for you, and I think this is a great time for you to share some of the things that you're you're currently doing in your life, right? We talk about intention. There's a lot of different things that you've started to incorporate and do, I would say maybe in the last, what, maybe two to three years. And so maybe talk a little bit about that and what went behind you know, some of these decisions yeah. that, that you're making outside of obviously um, the big one and, and pursuing your life's purpose and the, and the work. Right. But sure. there's a lot of things going on regarding like your family and key relationships that you have. Yeah, there have been a number of things to put into play, which are all certainly part of this. Again, what's really cool is when you put the desire in your heart first, when you lead with your heart, it just leads to a different way that you think. So, you know me well enough to know I'm very much a relationship person, and the relationships in my life are extremely important and particularly those of my core family. And so I've instituted two things for the family as an action plan, and the first of which been pretty much underway for a solid year plus, and the other almost the same. The first is that every first or second weekend of every month, Catherine and I carve out a weekend and we go up to the mountains to just spend time alone, apart from the normal weekly and daily distractions, we center on ourselves and we center on each other. And we just have that really quiet alone time and it's been absolutely magical. And the other thing are quarterly dates with all of my key core family members. So my son, my daughter and their respective spouses and my four grandchildren are like every quarter we do a quarterly date. It's a one-on-one -on -one deal and it goes anywhere. It could be an hour, it could be four hours. Um, my son and I did our last sort of dinner at one of the new draft republics, if you will, in downtown Carlsbad. And uh, we were there for about four hours. And we could have been there longer, except that his wife, Jackie, was kept texting us both like, where are you guys? What's going on? Are you okay? <laughs> but that's been super meaningful. On a much longer lasting and life-changing level, well before that, about five years ago, even before this whole and this, I think this even accelerated me to the path because, as I mentioned, in my mid-50s, I started sort of the beginning of this. And at that time is when I started meditation. And beginning to initially, I employed it into my routine every morning for about 20 minutes, and it was through the Deepak Chopra 21-day challenge. And it was just him. He wasn't doing it at the time with Oprah. It was just him, and he had a little series called the 21-Day Meditation Challenge, 21 straight days of listening to Deepak and going through its guided meditation. Amazing. And that led to just a deeper practice and different support tools for meditation and deeper now to where I meditate anywhere from 30 minutes, but normally about an hour every morning. Sometimes I do it with the binaural beat uh, support sometimes not. And uh, another amazing thing is doing like one day, and I want to do at some point soon, I haven't done it yet, but going on a one day meditation retreat was immensely powerful. And I'm looking to doing more of those. And in addition to that, Catherine and I are both talking about doing a week silent meditation retreat in 2018. So these are some of the ways and things. So all those things that you mentioned, right? Like ultimately, what do those things, by doing those things, what does, what does that do for you? Well, that's a good question. What does it do for me? I think it 
one, it reflects authentically where my values are. The meditation has had amazing effect mentally, emotionally, and physically. I mean, if I had to put my finger on the two most, I've always exercised. I've always been very active, played basketball, full court basketball in Northbrook Y for 30 plus years, you know, with a group of guys three days a week. But when my wife introduced me to yoga and I started doing, practicing yoga every day or multiple times per week, that was game changing. But above that, I'd say the meditation. If I had to pick one thing, um, I'd say that was probably the most impactful in terms of its calming of my mind, giving me clarity. I think one of the reasons why I don't worry like I used to worry is I just feel, every day I just feel some level of grounding. And now I have a practice that when things get a little bit out of control and things get a little wound up and I'm like spinning out of control a little bit internally, I have a way of getting back. I don't need a pill. I don't even need to check out of a situation. All I need to do is to really come back to my breath. And it's a remarkably, remarkably powerful thing. Simple. Simple. And there's so much great work on that. And we'll we'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> Resources for anybody to get started with meditation and understanding breath work. Does that answer your question? No, it it, it does. I get, <laughs> and I guess by by you sharing that, you know, a couple of things come to mind for me is like you mentioned, like with meditation specifically, what that allows you to do is it helps clear your mind and helps ground you. That that's one of the I guess the distractions that we have, some of the challenges is is dealing with our mind and our thoughts. Right? Because you know, you have these thoughts that can take you everywhere and anywhere and it can be distracting. Right. At best it's distracting. Right. But then to be able to um to calm down and do some meditation and clear your mind, it allows you to just refocus on what truly matters. Correct. That's right? what it always takes you back to. Right. And I think that's that's so important. That is so important. And then the other thing that you mentioned too, you um you mentioned, you know, simple simplify. Right. And I think that's at least for me, that's something that really jumps out at me when I think about living an intentional life and life in which I do feel free and happy that when you really take a step back and you, you know, you kind of remove some of these thoughts and distractions, it really doesn't take much. It, it really doesn't take much to get there. And so those are, for me, that's a process. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I'm excited to be um, going on this journey and exploring and finding answers, strategies, wisdom, whatever it might be is because I think there's a lot of things that I personally want to do in my life to to kind of change and kind of simplify and get rid of some of these distractions. So when I could focus on the things that are most important, but as well as be be present, I think that's one of the things that, um, mm-hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that's one of the reasons why you want to connect with those family members and have that one-on-one time is to be able to connect and be present. Yeah, well, right? for sure. There's just so much power in that. And that's something that I want to do for myself as well. And hopefully, you know, for those listening, that's something that, that you guys are interested in that resonates with you, right? Because that's something that I, I definitely want to be diving into. The biggest takeaway I had from that one day, my, my first one day retreat in meditation was the astounding bump up in presence in a conversation. Because I had my day with my daughter the following weekend. And I don't think I've ever been that present ever in a conversation like I was with her. It was amazing. I mean, it was as, as, whatever it was for her, I don't know. But for me, it was a memorable conversation and I wasn't talking. <laughs> right. It was it, it really. It, and it was just to be able to be fully, truly fully, fully focused on one person, a person that you love, a person that's in your presence to just be there and listen. And being in the people business that we're in, what a great skill is that? And a gift to bring to those that were listening 
too. And so, so much great stuff comes out of this. Absolutely. One thing I want to touch on, and I think this is this is an important part of the process, and this is kind of where it all begins, uh, at least for me, is to live an intentional life. You have to kind of know what you what you want, and think about what you want, what's important to you, what you value, and so that's one step that we all need to do for ourselves and question i guess the things that we we think that we want like why do we want them examine those things right really know what your why is behind every single one of those those wants those desires but how do we how do we do that you know how does a person figure out what they want out of life harder for some than others i wasn't quite sure i knew things i liked like you probably know things that you like to do and what you want to do. Here we preach freedom, we preach happiness, and freedom means different things to different people. But like you said earlier, the unexamined life is not worth living. I think that self-discovery, inner listening, I think are, let me put it this way, I think inner listening, inner listening, is foundational in really coming to a point in really knowing what you want. And I mean, there's kind of two yous. There's the ego construct of who we are. That's one you. The other you is our inner being, our spirit, our soul, whatever you want to, however you want to term it. I think these are two distinctly different um, wants sometimes. And so it's good to know the distinction between the two. And I think obviously the the one that is much more meaningful and has much more permanency and has far reaching impact on the level of your happiness is going to be on the wanting of the inner being. And being able to, this is another thing that meditation does wonderfully is that it opens by quieting the mind. You have more of direct and easier access to your inner being and that voice, which is forever there and forever speaking. We just drown it out with all the noise that we allow ourselves to listen to or that we ourselves generate in our lives. Um, so when it comes to knowing what you're wanting, that's that's where you need to go, inside. And let it take whatever time it takes. There's no, I don't believe the soul has a timeline. I don't think the soul looks at a clock. For every waking moment that we're here, it's on. And for every waking moment that we can listen in, we will be turned on all the more. And that will help us again in this intentional life along the path that we're meant to live. Anything else that comes to mind on the subject of intention that we maybe haven't shared with the group, but we'd like to share with the group? As he ponders deeply, looking into space. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think with intention, uh, I'll, um, I'll, I'll bring it back to the planning, right? And just how important. Yeah, let's do it. So we started. Yeah, just how just how important planning is, at least for me, because naturally I'm a planner. I mean, that's Dude, why you I'm, are a planner. You are. I mean, I think about these things, and I, I think about how to make them happy. I think about certain details, right? Like an example would be, like if I intend and plan on going to the gym tomorrow morning, then to make it easy for me and to allow myself a higher level of success to go. Like I think about getting my, my things ready, right? The clo- what am I going to wear? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about some of those things. And so I think when you plan and you structure things around those things that are important to you, your success rate of actually achieving and doing those things, I would say increases. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, Agreed. that's where I see just how valuable planning planning is yeah it's a very good point very good point thanks for sharing that 
I mean, because you think about it, what are some other things that most people spend a lot of time planning in general? In general? Yeah. Like I think about wedding planning. That's a big plan. Right? Yeah. People plan certain meals. They plan travel. Travel. I'd say vacation is one of the bigger planning activities that the average person probably does. If you're a foodie, I think you're planning around meals. You know, like what's the meal going to be? What's the offering if you're going out to eat? Like what you have a taste for, let's plan on. I mean, how many times in conversation does it just come up when we're talking about something? I plan on blah, 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 whatever it is. Right. But the one planning that people don't do enough of is the life planning. I would agree. (laughs) And what is the life planning? But living life more intentionally. Because you have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) I think the whole idea of life planning, it's so basic. It's so simple. Yet, I didn't know. I mean, I can think of one person in my life who I would say, I mean, he doesn't call himself a planner. But when I look at his life and what he's achieved, and he's been a wonderful model for me and love him dearly, which is my cousin Bob. I mean, I think he's a good planner. He's strategic, and I could see when I look at his life path how it has progressed, particularly in business. You know, he's been masterful at that. But as an individual, he's grown. And his, you know, so there, there is a, and I could see him as one, only one individual that I can think of in my life that, like, has planned it out probably. And I've never even asked him that question, whether he's really kind of planned it this way or does it just happen by random happenstance based on your skills, you know, and this and the other thing. So, yeah, I don't think people do enough of it. That's what I love about this work. When you say that, one of the things that comes to mind for me is when it comes to planning, a component of planning is just thinking about things. Sure. Right? And I, I think that's where it can be difficult because we're thinking about so many other things, right? That it's like, how do you really think about a person's life or your own life yeah. for, for that matter, right? So like, where do you where do you start? Like if somebody was interested in, yeah, I want to live intentionally. I want to um, put together a life plan for myself. Like, I mean, just saying those words, I mean, it could be pretty overwhelming. It can be. But I'm going to take a little issue with the word thinking. Not an issue, but that is not to say that one isn't thoughtful in the life planning. And thinking always has a great place in how we live. We all need to know how to think. And that means, again, different things. But I think where our life planning precedes thinking is feeling and feeling for what is at the heart of something for you. Would you agree? I mean, when we think about the questions we ask and the the self-discovery we help people through, we do it with tools from, let's say, some tools from the Kinder Institute that look to come at the very same question all different ways but to evoke a feeling and a sense. And one of the things we, and I think I did, I know I shared the story with you, the fascinating exercise we did at the Life Mastery class with George, where we had to feel our way through a conversation. Right. Where we were not allowed to talk, and in one where neither client or advisor was allowed to talk. And you had to feel your way through a conversation through just body language and eye contact. Um, maybe smell, I don't know. But there was every sense that you can possibly conjure up to understand what the other person was experiencing or thinking. You had to do all through sensory without words. And they did the exercise to show how important that the feeling is to understanding the client for not only you, but for themselves. And as you know, there's 
the model of listening when someone you're speaking with becomes emotional, where you don't want to rush to the rescue, for example, but you want them to fully experience the entire arc of the emotion and to just, as a listener, hold one's ground and just be there in the pain and the suffering or the joy, whatever the emotion might be, just be there with them in that. Hold that space without having to run. Because when we try to interrupt someone, we're running. It's our version of running. We're too uncomfortable with the ongoing emotive response coming out of someone. It's hard to sit through. You might want to comfort, you might want to do, but it is still a sense of running from it as opposed to just being in it and being strong enough to be in it and hold your ground. It's a whole other experience. And so when it comes to life planning, let's not lose sight of the feeling as, an, as, a, as a way of understanding what you do love. Because truthfully, I think if we all spent every day deciding what we would love to do today and did it, I think those days would be pretty good, whatever they are. I mean, truly love. And that, again, not from, from a heart's core love. Not that you, I mean, I love skiing. Okay, I love playing basketball. Well, I wouldn't call that a heart's core thing. My body enjoys that particular motion. I'm, I'm actually, you know, or skiing. My body enjoys that experience. And it's somewhat also, you know, maybe a little bit emotional and mental as well. But, but there's much deeper things that we all need to be in touch with. I think that's what our work really is destined to, to do. And then the client knows that, figures it out for themselves, I think it brings them closer to the essence of who they are. Yeah, I think one of the one of the terms that we've used is just doing the deep work. Doing the deep work. Doing the deep work. Exactly. Right. And it does take, and it's deep work. Mm-hmm. Catherine and I worked on our life plan for the better part of a year or almost two before we really settled in. Well, I mean, I would even say that with the deep work, you're, we're never really well, done. Never really done. Yeah, no, we're never really done. No, we're changing, and the world's changing around us. And yeah. but you want to you want to be able to do enough to be able to make some shifts and some changes and take some action in terms of where you're at today. If you do, you're not in alignment with you do. what comes out of that yeah. deep work, right? It's a one step at a time, but moving forward is the key. Yeah, continually moving forward, it's the way to go. Progress, not perfection. Absolutely, just like this podcast, right? So in wrapping up, which this has been a pretty interesting conversation on intention, I'd say. I hope the uh, listening audience feels the same. Well, we would hopefully touch on, I think we've touched on what we mean by an intentional life. I think we've indirectly answered the question why one should embark on this endeavor. We've shared a little bit about the experience of it, both of us, from our own life experience, and by modeling it, how we can actually help people live it. And there are also a lot of things beyond that that we can do to help people. But we'll get into that another time. Absolutely. Meanwhile, I think it's about time for us to uh, call it an episode, shall we say. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully you, our listening audience, have enjoyed today's podcast. I'm living an intentional life. We wish for each of you that you would lead a very intentional life that leads to more freedom and happiness. So until next episode, we'll talk then. Some of the concepts and tools used in the process of helping you discover a more balanced and inspired life are provided by the Kinder Institute, Money Quotient, and The Strategic Coach. These may be referenced throughout different episodes of the podcast, and you can learn more about each of them in our show notes at hwph.org. You can also find more information about the work Mark and Aries do at sandiegowealth.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and available directly via email with feedback, questions, and more at us at hwph.org. 
thank you all for listening.